My guest this week is one of those women that every small business owner could do with. She's played fairy godmother to a ton of my favorite local business owners, some of which who have actually been on this podcast. And today we have a power-packed episode designed to support you in the back end of your small business. So this is when you're not delivering your service. It's all the other stuff that we don't see. I'm sure we have all been there, right? You're busy delivering your service. It's easy to forget about the paperwork piling up or receipts. The zero subscription is still sitting there and there's some client touch points that you know you could make a whole lot more streamlined that would make your job much, much easier. When she's not working her magic with small business, Sophie Brenton is mum to her little boy and an 11-year-old adorable bulldog called Rosie. She started SB Business Services in 2018 after 15 plus years in executive management. She tells me it was the craziest thing she's ever done. She quit her very secure job and she was solo parenting at the time with a mortgage. Can you even imagine that? But another cool fact about Sophie is that she also has a huge heart for wildlife. In addition to loving up all the local small businesses that she works with, she's actually helped fundraise and build the first wildlife hospital for Cedar Creek Wombat Rescue at Wollombi. How cool is that? And if you're listening to this and you're not based in Australia, go Google what a wombat is because they're literally the cutest thing that you've ever seen. Interestingly, Sophie and I have a lot in common because she's returned to her creative roots in some ways. Before moving into executive management, she completed a fine arts degree at university and she's actually an amazing artist as well. And now... Look at it. She's got 85% of her clients are female creatives, which is super cool. In this episode, we talk about the reality of small business versus why we originally started and why she focuses on helping you regain that work-life balance. What simple things small business owners can do to feel less stressed and more organized and when to implement auto automation was the word I was trying to say and different types of software into the back end. We nerd out hard in this episode if you're looking for more structure and some ideas around how you can build out the back end of your business to make the front end a lot more fun and easy then I guarantee you're going to love this episode. Let's hear it from Sophie Brenton. Welcome to the True to You podcast, your go-to show for practical wisdom to build a meaningful and creative small business. You'll find content on marketing, mindset, and tons of experts who want to help you grow a thriving small business that you truly love. My guests are exceptionally creative women building businesses from their zone of genius, all while balancing many other roles in their life. I'm your host, Ruby Marsh. Let's do this. Sophie is, as you know from the intro, a local woman that supports so many female-led creative businesses here in Newcastle. And she's often that person that people go to because they get to a certain point in their business where they need systems, they need structure, they're growing fast that they can no longer keep up with doing everything themselves and Sophie is literally superwoman (laughs) who comes in and waves her magic wand and is able to help put out fires and sort out 
all little things in your business that you may not be aware of, or you may not realize that you need a system for. So I'm very excited to dive into this conversation today, Sophie. Very, very big welcome. Thank you for having me, Ruby. I'm very, very excited to be here and just to talk through everything I do and everyone I look after and all the different industries and types of creatives that there are um, and how I help. Yeah, amazing. And do you do your work mostly remotely at the moment or in person? So if anyone's listening to this, can they um, jump on a call with you and learn a little bit more about what you do? Yeah, so majority of what I offer is cloud-based. So I, I'll work from home. I have a five-year-old. It's he's on school holidays, so that's fun. Um, and I can do phone calls. Most of the time, though, I do like to meet everyone in person, face-to-face for the first meeting, um, where we'll sit down, not out everything about your business, where you're up to, where you want to get to, what hurdles you're facing, um, and what you feel you need to be doing better. And then we'll work out a plan from there. So nice to make, nice to put faces to names. Amazing. Cool. Okay. I just wanted to clarify that for everyone, because I know that our listener audience is worldwide. So yes, well, it can so be Zoom, just like this today. So. Yes. Zoom and uh, we're doing this interview over Zoom as well. So, you know, it's it's an amazing tool. And as Sophie said, she's got access to lots of different software that you can implement systems in your business. And we've talked a little bit about a program that we're looking to put into our business down the line that she's also learning about. So I know that Soph isn't avid learner and (laughs) loves trying new tools before she offers them to her clients. So we'll dive into that a little bit later. But first, I wanted to start the conversation off around work-life balance, because I know that when you jump on your Instagram profile, this is basically what you see is Sophie's version of work-life balance, which is a lot of time out on weekends, getting away, traveling. I assume you have family elsewhere in the state. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So Sophie is great because I think her Instagram could be filled with really dry business tips, but instead she likes to inspire her clients to get away on the weekend. She's always asking you, what are you up to? What are you doing? You know, it's, it's Friday, it's time to relax. And so I'd love to know, Sophie, like what led you to that point of realizing that running a small business needs to prioritize balance, work-life balance and for you yeah what what at what point did you realize that that's something that that came about after more than 10 years in executive management so I've done the suits the meetings waiting in airports more meetings more meetings and um nine to five which was more like eight till seven and after having my son I was like okay no this isn't working this isn't what I want I need life like you don't work to work, you work to live. So I need to do more living um, and not wanting to be there to not miss the, the crawling, the first words, the first steps, um, all of that with life and just being able to teach him and show him things as we travel around. Um, yeah, and being present. So I, I like, I love what I do. I wouldn't do it if I didn't because owning a small business, as everyone knows, you don't do it for fun. <laughs> a lot of work involved um and it's to me yeah just being able to be present whether if it's I'm working I'm present in what I'm doing if I'm with my family I'm present with my family I'm not thinking about I've got 15 things to do later oh I should have done that already why haven't I finished this and yeah just getting the most out of life because it is very short um and things can change in a heartbeat so why not live it the way you deserve to yeah that's Absolutely. my thing. And with my Instagram, because it's a service-based business, I didn't want to fill my tiles with tips and tricks and info and hey, it's tax time and all those boring things. I'm on Instagram as a, an escape, as a release. It's just a few moments of me time um, and I don't want to look at 
boring business stuff. <laughs> so yeah, that's the premise oh. behind my Instagram. I love that. Yes. Uh, Sophie transports you around New South Wales with all of her pictures of beautiful beaches and things like that. And, and because we live coastally, I know a lot of the small businesses that you probably work with locally. I feel after having lived in Sydney and Melbourne myself, and I'm not sure if you've lived outside of Newcastle, uh, on the mid north coast. On the mid north coast, yeah, yeah cool. Grew up, up there and moved down here, and yeah, but certainly you get that feeling that people live here because they want work life balance yeah. and because they want to take the kids to the beach on the weekend and and do all these hobbies and things like that. And so I think, um, you know, I'm sure that a lot of your clients that are local as well really can relate to to that. So I think it's wonderful that you inspire us by sharing those things. If we switch now to your clients, when they come to you and they say, oh, I just don't have the work-life balance that I need right now. Things are getting on top of me. What are some of those pain points? What are they craving the They're most? They're craving relief. Yeah. I think as everyone in small business, you try to wear all the hats. Um, some of the hats are too small. Some of the hats are too big. You can't wear them all at once um, because things get missed. And they've tried to do everything for too long and they've realised, okay, hang on, my time is better spent on my business and I'll pay someone else to do this because it takes them half the time. They know what they're doing. I know then that it's right and I'm reassured that I'm on the right track not just wailing, flailing limbs, making your way through each week and then feeling overwhelmed and unsatisfied and not enjoying it. That's that's the big part because having too much on your plate really takes the fun out of whichever industry you've gone into. So, yeah, that's most yeah. of it. What would you, what would you say are some of the... I guess red flags that you notice in people's businesses that would have them go, okay, apart from the fact that they're working too much, um, but what's some areas of their business that all of a sudden getting out of control and you go, okay, there's a red flag there, there's a red flag there, <laughs> and perhaps they can't see all of these things, but I think for the business owners that are listening to this, I thought it might be really helpful to understand what some of those are so that you can maybe preempt them a little preempt bit. Preempt them, yeah. yeah. So obviously there's a few different categories. Financial will be the first one. Having no idea where your cash flow is at, what bills you have due, when your next client will pay. Have you even sent invoices for last month? Like <laughs> where are you up to with that? Um, to me, cash flow is one of the biggest ones in keeping the day-to-day -day organized and stress-free as possible. Um, next one's time management. So again, have you quoted? Because if you haven't quoted, you're not going to get responses back. You're not going to get work in. Your money's going to dry up. Um, and then getting the work done. So it's juggling the work that you do, the admin, so the back end, that's where I am, and delivery. So if you can't balance all three, as well as maintaining your own personal life and finding time to exercise or do what you enjoy or catch up with friends, if that all goes out the window and you're only working, you'll get bitter and you'll hate it tremendously. <laughs> so, yeah, learning the markers in yourself as well. So with myself, I know I'm happy to do all the work side of things, but I'll neglect myself. So my markers will be I'm not sleeping well. I'm way more stressed and cranky than I need to be or should be for that matter. Um, and little things, just things that shouldn't bother you start to bother you. So it's engaging your business, yourself and those around you. So you've turned into a horrible monster. Um, <laughs> what's wrong? What can we help with? Um, and letting go of perfectionism is a big thing with a small business owner. Like oh, as a mum and a business owner, I try and do everything as we all do. Um, but sometimes if the washing doesn't get done today, it'll get done tomorrow. It's fine. Um, yeah, learning just to, I understand what means the most to you. 
and work with it that way. Before we continue this amazing conversation with Sophie, I want to let you in on a very cool secret. Applications are now open for the Creator Club. Curious? Well, you should be if you're in small business because the Creator Club is exactly for you. It is a small business coaching membership and community with a focus on helping you grow your confidence through learning the key skills of business. The Creator Club isn't about hyping up short courses and programs or bro marketing tactics. Instead, we give you access to the proven skills to grow at the heart. We want you to feel like you have the support and the tools and the confidence to lead your team and your clients. We want you to feel like you're generating consistent momentum for your business and you have systems to continue it. We want you to feel like you're working with clients and customers you love. And finally, have a plan to grow, to roll out new projects and revenue streams, build new relationships and be surrounded by others making a difference. And of course, help you grow your revenue in a much more sustainable way. Now, if this sounds like you and you'd like to learn more, click the link in the show notes or head on over to our website, www.creatorclub.link that's www.creatorclub all one word link applications for our first round close on may the 6th we can't wait to see you inside yeah i think that's really really great that you touched on also the mental well-being and the health aspects because yeah often those things can also go unchecked because I know myself, whenever I'm working hard, I do my best to prioritize good food and continuing to exercise and all of those things. But sometimes you'll get little signals from your body that you really just let uh, ignore. (laughs) ignore. You kind of go, oh, just let that be and see if that passes. Or the fact that I've had a few colds back to back, probably that's normal or whatever. But your body's a pretty smart thing and usually you do (laughs) yeah yeah it knows knows how stressed you are before before you're aware of that you're right so given all of that if these business owners get to this point where they're noticing some of these things they're feeling stressed and overwhelmed and they're looking for some help Uh, maybe someone's referred them to you because they've worked with you before or something like that yeah where is the first place that you would start with them to help them feel more organized. You mentioned finances and I 100% agree with you. I think the the core reason why a lot of businesses fail is lack of cash flow from what I understand. I think that's as the statistic around small business failure gets thrown around, but it very we very often don't unpack that and understand what what's actually causing those failures. And yeah. so it sounds like number one, you would start with cash flow. Yeah. So I look at cash flow. I'd look at obviously their industry t- on its own. Um, there's a multitude of not only creative industries, but just industries in general to which I look after. <laughs> I think I've got most bases covered now. Um, and where they fit within their industry, um, what their goals are how their schedule looks and how they like to work is the biggest thing because you'll find obviously if you're trying to utilize software and things that's made for people who like to use software if you don't like to use software there's no point paying for that subscription or having that app or Mm -hmm. agonizing over entering all that data that you don't need to do Um, so it's finding which is the best fit for the way that you like to work rather than yeah just going one size fits all here you go this is a package everything's yeah personally customized just to work the way you work. Um, And in terms of schedules and time, it's a large workflow balance. So making time to do the admin that you can do yourself, making time to finish the product that you're working on or the service so that you can send the invoice and get the money in. So it's all those steps, but working um, one-on-one with the unique circumstances of each individual is sort of where I'm at with what I offer. Um, I use zero 
is my accounting software, which all of my clients also use too because, hey, Siri is great. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, finding um, just their way of work is yeah. the best. I think that's key. And, and having worked with a lot of creatives as well, that can really – that can really vary. And especially also when you work with women too, and, and we are cycling across a month, their <laughs> motivation for finances is probably only going to occur in one part of their phase. Oh, yeah. Like that. So on the second Tuesday. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But sometimes that's great information for you as well, because yes. you might go, you know what, I'm going to do all my reconciliations at this time in my cycle if that's something that interests you I don't if it works for them it works exactly no one no two people are the same exactly exactly but definitely with creatives and uh having had a lot of friends that are creatives as well sometimes your inspiration for your work comes at different times of the Mm. day and then so what time of the day do you do the administration work or do the financial work or day of the week as well? I think yeah. it's really great that you support them to create that structure. And once you have that structure in place, right, it becomes a habit and then. A good habit, but allowing flexibility as well is yeah. the key thing because I'll find with myself included, you go, okay, I'm doing admin tomorrow afternoon. I'm just going to sit down. I'm going to get it all done. And then you get to tomorrow afternoon, you're like, oh, no, that's not happening today. So understanding it's okay. Don't put the pressure on yourself to have things completed within a certain window in a certain time. It will happen within the month. Um, but just being aware that shifts and changes and being flexible is really important as a small business owner. Yeah. Yeah, amazing. So in terms of the businesses that you work with, you mentioned that your service is quite personalized to what they need. Does that mean that sometimes that starts with some basic training and then they take the responsibility for doing that work within their business, for example, zero or something like that? And then do you also go into people's business and do that yeah. for them as well? Yeah. So they don't have to take touch any of it really. No. So I've got a few, an array of clients. Um, some are just for training. They're very competent in what they're doing. They just needed a bit of a refresh, a few new skills. So that would have been a package of, say, four training sessions, one-on-one, an hour once a week or as the schedule permits for them. Um, just to get them up to speed. And then we'll check in every six months and be like, hey, any questions, what you're up to? And I'm always available on email and phone. Just send me a message. There is no such thing as a stupid question or a messy zero account. I've seen them all. (laughs) So don't ever be embarrassed about anything you bring to the table because I'm here to help. Um, Once we've done training sessions like that, other clients will say, I'm not touching this. I don't, no way known take it and look after it for me and I'll see you once a month for a quick catch-up meeting which I'll go through cash flows and profit and loss and sort of the bookkeeping side of things as well as touching base and setting schedules and training plans and asking them questions to help them grow and challenge themselves with their business and be like hey have you thought about this it might be a new software program it might be a co-working space it might be holiday (laughs) hey you need to stop (laughs) Um, make some time and don't feel guilty about taking time for yourself because you find your your business will actually benefit from you having some r&r oh sounds like everyone needs one of you in their lives sophie i think that's i think that's the the impression i get is that no matter what you you have an answer (laughs) or you'll be here if I don't, I will find it very quickly. <laughs> but you you really are like that go-to woman for us that your experience is deep enough that you've touched a lot of, especially in the administration side of businesses, yeah. that you can pretty much direct them where they need to go or have a solve for them. So I would love to talk a little bit deeper about 
financials because yeah. I guess programs like Zero can handle a lot of the back end of our financials now. It's it's so amazing that we have access to tools like that. Yeah. Other than Zero, or if you want to, you can dive in and tell us a little more about what's amazing about Zero and why you prefer that tool. Are there other financial tools that are really helpful for us to use alongside of that? It might be as simple as an Excel spreadsheet, but <laughs> t- tell us, give us all your secrets around. All of my secrets. Well, my main secret for most small businesses starting out is don't invest in software unless you're going to use it and it saves you time. Mm. So my own business, I ran a spreadsheet for the first year because I couldn't justify $50 a month I'm horribly tight in that aspect. (laughs) Um, I I didn't feel I was at a point with my business to warrant having that. Um, The main thing is always have a separate bank account for your work-related income and expenses Mm. just so you know exactly where you're at rather than it getting lost in amongst your own personal finances. Um, Spreadsheets are fine. As long as you're tracking what's coming in and what's going out, you'll have a basic understanding of your cash flow. Um, I work with a few accountants, so the golden rule there is 30% at tax or 30% of any income put aside for tax and super and things. It's good to have a safety net because there's nothing worse than getting stung with a really big, nasty tax bill at the end of year and you've had a, a much more profitable year than you anticipated. Um, with zero, it's super user-friendly like I haven't met anyone who can't use zero um straightforward you can use it on your phone you can use it on your laptop on your ipad tablet anywhere um and then there's plugins options with that like hubdoc and projects and things so depending on where you are at in your business what you need to be more aware of say spending is a big problem hubdoc's good for receipts or you can use receipt bank or there's a million versions of everything and you'll find out a lot of software um, in terms of like client management or project management software is so industry specific when I can speak um, that there's no longer one size fits all with that. So with finances, have a meeting, get a good account, a good small business account, not just your big corporate um, someone who understands your industry. That's the main part I will often concur I've got a fair few clients who have accountants in the past and they're just like they don't understand what I do (laughs) at all um so yeah feeling that you mesh well with whoever you're working with in any element of your business um is super essential um yeah I think zero is my favorite (laughs) in terms of accounting software and hold yourself accountable too that's a big part of with your spending, um, don't be miserable. I've been there <laughs> and horribly tight, um, but don't be frivolous either. Like you don't need a new handbag on the work expenses or things like that. Yeah, awesome. That's great. One question I have on that is once you're set up with your zero, and I'm really going back to basics here. Yeah, that's okay. You know, Good that a lot of small business owners might have set up zero accounts, they barely use it, or they hand off a lot of this stuff to other people, maybe other people in their life, their husband, their wife, whoever yeah. it is that often happens. Well. <laughs> but I'm also really, in, in my opinion, and you probably share this as well, I think once you know your numbers and you frequently look at your numbers, you're really clear on how your business is growing and whether you're hitting your goals and your targets that you want to meet so that you can buy that nice handbag yes, but yeah. <laughs> on your personal account because you give yourself a little bonus at the end of the year. So exactly. <laughs> how frequently should we do things like reconcile um, our expenses, if we are going to do that ourselves, how often should we be looking at the bottom line, the, the incomings and the outgoings? You know, you might be as elaborate as having a profit and loss statement generated for you. Yeah. But even if you don't, I'm sure there's so much information in Zero itself oh, once it's set it's, up properly. You can get so lost in that. <laughs> how often, if 
your clients are doing this themselves and they don't have you to remind them. (laughs) How often do you recommend we look at our numbers? Um, Once a week, just on a basic level, just to see that people have paid, that you send invoices to, that you have, that there aren't any fraudulent credit card activity. Um, That's because that can be another thing that it happens to everyone if your card's been skimmed. Um, And then there's all these random transactions that are not yours. It's better to know the week of than three weeks later in terms of getting money back from the bank and whatnot. Um, So, yeah, bottom line would be reconciling once a week, knowing what's coming in, what's going out, checking for anything that doesn't seem right, always look into it. Don't just go, oh, it'll be fine, it'll work itself out. Look into it straight away. Um, Yeah, so quarterly you'll have tax payable, um, a bit more of in-depth into your profit and loss, so how you're tracking. Um, Some months you may have an obscure larger bill, say for advertising or marketing, or you've purchased a heap of product to make more product, Um, supplies, costs of goods sold, things like that. Um, So weekly would be reconciling accounts and just seeing what's coming in, what's going out. Monthly would be your BAS, so or tax or putting money aside for tax if you're only paid annually or you might not even meet the tax payable threshold. Um, Yearly then is obviously tax time, which is when I get my clients to sit down with their accountant and really nut things out in detail. And that's the best place to build your plan for the next year. So, okay, I've done this. Now I'd like to do this next year. How do I go? How do I get there? What do I have to do? Um, so there's yeah, a lot of different avenues, but for the DIYs, it's, um, once a week would be my basic, just check in, make sure everything's yeah. where it should be. Yeah. And do you see people's confidence increase in, in terms of, knowing that their business is growing, being excited about that growth. Oh, because... it's all like, who's not excited yeah. about business growing? I don't think I've met anyone who hasn't been excited, although it generally means more work. Um, it still means more income, more profit, more yeah, growth and satisfaction and enjoyment. And that what they've invested their time in is paid off. Like, so satisfying. Mm, mm. <laughs> and knowing yeah. So if you want to experience that satisfaction, then yeah, moral of the story is get to know your numbers and and look at them frequently. Don't get depressed. I know a lot of people will look up and just be like, I'm not going to look at it. I don't want to know, but it's not as scary as you would think. Um, I think the fear with most people there is that they're disappointed by where it's at. Um, Their expectations might be a little unreasonable. They might be their first week in business or... (laughs) With the seasons too, consumers are always different and then you've got things like COVID and (laughs) throw a spanner in the works. So a lot of my clients who had set particular goals for this last financial year, COVID really threw that out, but everyone's adapted and grown and been flexible and changed and it's all worked out. So no no one's suffered immensely from it, which is nice. Oh, that's great to hear. One quick last question on finances. Yeah, that's okay. I often do a lot of money mindset work with clients because I think knowing where your set point is in terms of how you feel about money, how excited you are to make more money, how excited you are to charge the right amount for the value that you provide is really, really important. And and we're going to have to keep doing that work. I know as we grow our business, because the numbers get bigger and you need, you need to be okay with those numbers. Yes. Afraid in terms of invoices and chasing people up and, you know, when it comes to money, it can be a really awkward conversation for a lot of people can't it and and I think this can also get so awkward that it can start to make or break your business especially with cash flow so how do you talk your business owners through some of those blocks that they might have fears around asking people for money chasing it up sending invoices in the first place yeah all of all of the above (laughs) sending invoices obviously don't send them until the work's done or if you require a 50% deposit 
prefer custom made anything, that's that's fine. Um, the person who has engaged you is aware that they have to pay the deposit and that they will have to pay their balance on delivery of goods. Um, they wouldn't have said yes if they weren't happy. So don't ever feel bad about sending an invoice. Um, you you owe your money for your work. In terms of chasing debtors, that's that's always ongoing. It doesn't matter what industry you're in. Um, consulting is particularly hard for people because it's not a tangible product. It's your time. And people will be like, oh, I, I'm not, I don't need to pay for that or I don't, can't justify that payment and so on and so forth. But anytime you need to chase a debt, you need to get onto it sooner rather than later. So my basic rules there for any small business owner is seven days past the due date, resend the invoice with a little friendly reminder, just, hey, a lot of the time they haven't even been seen. They might have gone to the person's junking box, like no need to get offended <laughs> straight away. Um, so seven days and then again at 14 days. So this time I would include a phone call and a direct email message to be like, hey, just checking that you've seen this. Are there any problems? Because that's the other thing. You don't know what's happening in their life. The wheels could have well and truly fallen off. Um, and anything could have happened. They might have lost their job, pet died, something, you know, this isn't a priority at this moment. Once you've approached them twice, if there's still issues, um, open the discussion for a payment plan. So whether or not they're just paying instalments if they can't afford it at the present time. Worst case is you can go to a debt recovery option, which I would suggest it's sort of 30 to 60 days past due if they've shown no indication of paying or giving you no response whatsoever, um, then that obviously can lead to court and bad credit ratings for people, things like that. So the main thing is you would like them to return as a customer, though you want them to share good news of your business. Um, not that you're this horribly nasty person that sent them to court for a seven day overdue account that you've never seen. <laughs> So um, staying on top of things is a big part with overcoming debtors. Yeah. Consistency. That's so great that you spelt that out for us. So because I think once you spell it out and you go, this is the system that I'm going to use and it's a matter of steps, right? It's, yeah. it's simple and it's easy and yeah you've you can do it yourself it's it's not something that you need to avoid or hand off or yeah and if anything if you get used to those uncomfortable conversations too it's really uh really beneficial for you as well even though it might be really hard for the first few but you always feel horrible the first time you have to do it and then the client is always oh I'm, I, I missed it honestly missed it his payment and it's paid within half an hour you're just like oh I, it's not so bad I've stressed over it for a whole week <laughs> things like that so just take the steps put on those big girl boots and <laughs> you'll be fine yeah yeah 100% okay Let's talk about something that is more on the client management side of it. So we've talked about financials and then once a client or a customer, and I'm speaking mostly to service-based businesses yeah. here, it could be the same for a product-based business, but usually it's the transaction is a little simpler. You don't have that yeah, ongoing. More of a one yeah. Exactly, exactly. So in the type of work that I do, once you get to a certain scale, uh, especially if you've got large numbers, more than you can handle in terms of the administration, it's great to think about starting to automate some of the back end of your business. And I think um, for graphic designers, uh, for coaches like me, uh, anyone like that in the creative industry that, or in a service um, that it could be anything. It could be even that you're in a health and wellness service as well, that starting to think about when you might need a client management system or a CMS system. Yeah. I probably heard that abbreviation before. Uh, I think it's a really exciting opportunity. And again, like our financial uh, services products, the cloud accounting software, there's lots of options. And what's really exciting as well is that, they're starting to offer programs for specific types of businesses as well. So I was having a chat to Soph 
offline a couple of weeks ago about a program called Dubsado that's out of California and they're a small company, a husband and wife team, which is really cool, great story. And they specifically make their product mostly for coaches or people offering those types of services. So I'm I'm looking at them currently. Let's have a chat about this idea of automating this yeah. back-end part of your business because I think it's it's awesome because it means that you don't personally have to touch all of those points along your customer journey. Um, talk about your experience with starting to help people automate all of the, that back end such yeah. that they can kind of get on with doing the work and that system runs in the background. Yeah. With any new system, everyone does need to be aware that there will be a bit of a downtime where you're learning the ropes. So it's not, you can't just hit the ground running. <laughs> it's a fairly big shift in your business um, to any level of automation. Um, be patient with yourself, be patient with your clients um, and just take it in baby steps. With moving to any kind of software, um, obviously look again at the financial outlay for that subscription versus how many clients you have. Like it may not be feasible, but it's something you want to work towards. So have it there and that's when you can start doing your training and learning more about how it works. Um, once you do move into any kind of automation, under, make sure it links with your other programs. So, for example, Zero is primarily Australian-New Zealand-based accounting software. So there are some US programs that just don't even know what Zero is. <laughs> so that will be a bump in the road in terms of transporting data from one to the other um, and just the fluidity of them all. That's a word I made up, delete that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, making sure that they're compatible is key. The next big thing is getting making collection of data. So you'll need obviously your client names, addresses, contact details, and particulars. So what type of work you're doing with them, how long the work schedule is, particular in particular if the software you're using has any kind of Gantt chart for project management, if that's what you're trying to coordinate in between deadlines and meeting targets and goals and fitting as much as you can into every breathing minute of each workday. Um, just see what level of options they have and how often they review their software too. Um, with the automation, like I use Zero, that works fine for me. I Most of my programs that I run are based on retainers with ongoing work. So my smaller one-off training sessions, I haven't engaged in CMS software yet. Because again, it's not feasible for me to pay for something that I don't use consistently. Um, anything from quotes to newsletter emails to following up on overdue invoices to delivering your content. If it's all kept in one location, life is so much easier. So that's where that level of automation helps. As long as you're comfortable doing it. If you're not comfortable using it, if you still prefer handwriting letters <laughs> to clients which may may happen i like to make lists handwritten i don't like using asana um, i spend too long typing on computers as it is <laughs> to then spend more time um, yeah that's that's the key elements when moving to a client management software someone that you it's best for when you have clients that you deal with regularly on a different on different matters so one week it might be initial contact the following week it might be a newsletter that's where you'll know okay I can I've done x I've done y I'm up to z just tracking where you're at keeping on top of things and not not missing things yeah that's great that's awesome and there's a ton of tools out there mm -hmm. and for for someone that's a service-based business something that really helped us when we're starting to think about implementing software like this is also knowing what your customer journey is like what's their on-ramp what's their 
what's when you're providing the service, what does that period look like? And then what's the off-ramp or off-boarding yeah. is, is we'd call it, say, with an employee or and that's also used in the coaching industry as yeah. well, is understanding, am I going to need this software? Because there's a lot of steps that my clients are going to have to go through. They're going to receive a lot of communication. They might get contracts, all of these sorts of yeah. things. We started to realize how many steps they were going to jump through um, because we wanted to also create a certain level of professionalism with this particular service. So that's the other thing as well. Like what, where are your values in your business? What's the type of service you're trying to offer? Doesn't mean that your service is any less by not having it, but no. you also got to think down the line of, okay, I might have 10 clients now, but what if I could scale my business and have, X amount of clients coming through and then like, <laughs> what is that going to look like? You don't want to get to that point and then be freaking out. And yeah. And then backstepping and trying to train quickly and drowning in paperwork and things. And the other thing that is great about it, any CMS software, it's awesome when you have multiple staff. So the element behind that is you'll have, for example, your client profile you may have spoken to them, taken some notes, had a chat about something. You can list all of that on their profile and then another staff member at a later date can log in and go, oh, Ruby's already had a chat to them about that. I don't need to address it again. Um, again, just providing that professional service. Um, yeah, I've done software integrations for companies of like 20 plus staff. And again, that's the world being turned on its head. <laughs> in terms of training and learning how new, just changing the way you do the day-to-day. -day. Mm. But once they've adapted, they've loved every minute of it. So it's made life so much easier. Everyone knows where everyone else is up to and where each process is at rather than flailing around and <laughs> drowning yeah. in paperwork. Absolutely. And even if you are a solopreneur, I know some graphic designers that we mutually know and they also work with multiple contractors so they yeah. might have a photographer and a web designer or the, doing the coding of a back end of a website and then you've got all of these moving parts so it yeah. could help you in that circumstance to have some shared even if it was a google doc or some place where you can share a shared drive of some kind channel yeah yeah and it's with the cms in terms of like task management you can have multiple, again, multiple software options there, but just allocating tasks and tracking them and checking them off and giving, making everyone accountable in terms of their engagement with you on the product that you deliver. So it's not like, okay, I've done my part now. You need to ring this person and go over there and do that. Like you're not doing that to the client ever. So when you're sort of coordinating a project, it makes a life just a lot easier. So. But now it's just me over here, though, so I don't need, <laughs> yeah. don't need anything just yet. Yeah, and and sometimes also that's uh, that's a great place to be. And, yeah, I think it comes back to what you spoke about right at the beginning and thinking about your business goals. How much do you want to future-proof your business? How much uh, do you expect your business to grow? Do you expect to have team members at a certain point? I think where Sophie can help is she can help you run through that if you haven't run through that already and then have you think about what you might need when. And, yeah. and I think it's also great to know on that and you may disagree with this, but when you do a, some very basic forecasting like that, even, even if it's like these are my intentions, this is what I'm moving towards goal-wise, to know, I think financially where's, where there's some triggers in your business. So, okay, we hit this point. Uh, uh, one thing would be you hit 70,000 a year. You got to start paying GST over and above. I think, I think I'm right there. 75, but yeah. Yeah, <laughs> 75. Um, but there's certain things like that. And I think a lot of people get uh, unstuck or they get overwhelmed because they hit that point and then they realize it but sometimes it's great to know okay what's ahead of me 
this is where we're growing our project load to and this is so she can actually help you understand okay yeah. you could you could bring someone on at that point you're you know you're financially stable enough your cash oh. flow's being consistent yeah yeah it's it's a really great way to these things shouldn't be adding more to your plate as far as being overwhelming, but rather having you make some great decisions earlier on that make the, the process make life easier. I'm like your personal yeah. hype girl in the corner. <laughs> yeah. Hearing everyone on to get their next business goal and hit their next milestone or like the possibilities are endless when you're a small business owner. And as long as you know, or have a rough idea, you don't have to know like set in stone what it is that you want to do as with everyday things change along the way. But if you've got a general direction that you're wanting to head or you want to try and do things more efficiently, you just go, come on, there's got to be an easier way for this to work. Um, yeah, that's where I come in and do my little back-end housekeeping and set you on your path. <laughs> Yeah. to make life easier and be more organized without being more stressed. And that sort of regular investment in your business, it does not mean that you have to employ someone like so full-time or even part-time, no. but having regular check-ins with someone like that, whether it be someone like Sophie or a coach or someone to at least help you see how you're tracking and what some of your next moves might be is is really exciting and and looking at it as possibility and opportunity rather than something that could be quite scary oh, <laughs> and it's always good to get another perspective yes yes people can bring things to the party like oh have you considered this and you're like no why did I not think of that and you're like well you're so invested in what you're doing you've generally got the blinkers on um so it's always nice to have some constructive criticism yes <laughs> take um yes on where you can get to and where you're going and how you're going to get there yes so true so true this has been such a great conversation so it's it's opened up my mind to a lot of different possibilities and I'm hoping that for the small business owners listening to this if this is you that yeah, you can get really excited after some of the things that we've spoken about. Get excited about growing your business. And so I want to finish up with one last question, which is if we were to walk away from this conversation and think about three tools that could be really powerful for a small business, especially service-based businesses, in creative industries, I'm speaking straight to my people here. <laughs> my people too, it's okay. Yeah. Uh, side note, Sophie is also incredibly creative. She has a fine arts uh, degree. And so, yeah, you should also check out her artwork. So as, as much as being, <laughs> I, I've totally dropped her in the back. When the I get back to it. <laughs> but... But I think on that, what's really cool is that she understands what it's like to be creative, what it's like to experience the highs and the lows and the emotions of selling your creativity and um, that value exchange and how much you actually invest in, in creating your product or your service. So yeah, I think it's great to have someone that also has a bit of an insight into the mind of a creative yeah, it's a whole so, other world out there isn't it <laughs> let's let's talk finally about your three favorite tools or software other than other than the zero that we've mainly yeah. spoken about what what are three things that you would recommend a business owner look into that's that's a creative entrepreneur a creative entrepreneur um one's a little left little feel right field if you're going to go creative brain um a gratitude journal okay so it sounds a bit silly but in terms of being a small business owner it's so easy to get overwhelmed with what everyone else is doing what you think you should be doing um and just writing down the little gratitudes about yourself and your business each morning will set you in a good mindset um to help reach those goals 
because when you're positive, you will get there quicker um, than always being hard on yourself or going, oh, I didn't sell any of X, Y, and Z. What's wrong with it? Why doesn't anyone like it? What's wrong with me? Why am I doing this? Um, been there. <laughs> Spiral. <laughs> um, so, yeah, a gratitude journal is something any, just even personally, I think is a good thing to have in your life. Um, the other tools are calendars, like wall schedules. So whether you're a visual person or a tactile person, writing down what you've got to do when you've got to do it by on a nice, easy chart that you can walk past glance at, go, okay, I'm here, I'm there, where are we up to, what have I forgotten? Um, and you can wipe things off when, they're, when you've achieved them. Um, and then, yeah, like Dubstato, some kind of client management software once you reach that level. And there's a multitude, even if it's a project management-based client management software. So you'll have like your client in there, but then you've got multitudes of projects. You might have one client you do a heap of work for repetitively. So then you can at least track each job you've done with them rather than going, okay, I had it somewhere. Where have I put it? So that and basic filing systems. So keeping copies of documents. I'm going to nag people on that one. So invoices or receipts, any communication between clients because, you know, things can things may never play out the way you planned. Um, someone may order something from you, written, approved, and then turn around, I never ordered that. <laughs> okay, well, I've got the email, I've got the invoice, I've got X, Y, and Z. So just having documents saved securely as all small businesses should have it's something to start and that's easy and you can do that at home yourself like it's a basic I think that's okay <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely I think I think those first two were really important and um I, I think as a creative as well it also allows you to have a bit of fun you can make yeah. it colorful you can use post-its we and uh, bought a whiteboard last year and it's you can see it uh Sophie can see it in the background there it's been one of the best tools that we have mm. because it allows us to think quick and iterate things and um Just make notes as you go and yes, ideas yes. pop into your head and they're things you can come back to and address later yes because um, that's why sometimes if you're running a sauna or things they get lost you lose or even in your notes in your phone I've got so many notes <laughs> I don't even know where they are anymore <laughs> so, yeah. there's a lot there okay amazing Sophie is there anything else that you would like to share with us anything you want to share around no. these tools and things I think we covered most of it like just yeah and being comfortable in ready to take the leap and get external help when you need it so like what I do can be weekly daily there's clients I look after every day clients I look after once every three months so I'm sort of on call when you need me if that's the approach you want to take sort of a sounding board in the background and be like hey I've got an idea and you'll be like oh no do not buy a Ferrari that's not gonna work <laughs> <laughs> please don't anyone do that <laughs> Unless you've got a spare three hundred to five hundred thousand oh, dollars yeah. in cash lying around, you know, <laughs> and there's probably other questions we need answered first. Yeah, true. Under the floorboards or yeah. stashed in a cupboard. Yeah, we might have some questions about that. No, in all seriousness, this has been an amazing conversation. That's really helped me understand a lot more as well about the financial side and structuring your business and when to bring someone like you into your business as well and I love that that you are flexible as well yeah. and it makes your work very approachable for people as well so if they want to get in touch if someone's listening and they live central coast hunter newcastle area here in yeah. australia yeah or like i said we we established that sophie will do zoom yeah, as we, well so she's extremely yeah. personable very timely great on email i can verify all of that how can we get in touch with you what's the best way first to the best way to get in touch with me would be via email 
I've got that on 24-7. So sophie at sbbusinessservices.com. The world's longest domain name, but <laughs> it's fine. Um, or Instagram. I'm, that's probably my main platform socially on there um, through messages on that. That's yeah. fine. Or a phone call. So my website has all of my contact details and there's a contact form on there as well. And my new ebook. <laughs> Your new ebook, yes. yes. Tell us about work life balance. <laughs> all three pages of it. <laughs> and what sort of tools do you or tips do you share in that? Um, in that one, I think I cover losing the perfectionism, embracing flexibility, um, and setting priorities and yeah, just understanding in yourself that the world's not going to end if this X doesn't happen. Yeah. yeah taking the pressure off yourself is my, my main part there. Yeah. Amazing. Cool. Well, if anyone wants a taste of your work, they could get started with that as well. And um, I'm sure even that exercise alone would set them off on a really good path towards more work-life balance. Thank you so much. So thank for you, Ruby. It's been lovely today. It's been excellent. Thank you.